Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our last topic, what steps to take to actually get your next 10 clients. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Daniel is a regular contributor to Forbes.com and is the owner of Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high interest debt, and make money tax-free using self-directed retirement account to invest in alternative assets. With over 10 years of educating small business owners, Daniel has a knack of helping individuals get creative with their finances that leads to life-changing results. Under Daniel's leadership, Quest Education has reached the seven-figure mark two years in a row with a 1,000 customers throughout the United States. His blueprint to your best retirement is an Amazon bestseller. So, Daniel, welcome to the episode. Hey, Candy. Thank you so much for having me here today. Super stoked to be here. I'm glad to have you, and I do have some questions I want to ask you, but before I get into the topic and the meat of the questions that I have, I always like to ask my guests to tell me a little bit more about themselves and how they got into doing what they're doing. So how did you start helping people get capital for their companies? Yeah, so it started with understanding this this huge need, Candy, where there's trillions of dollars that people have worked really hard for, saved up. And it's just sitting there. They're mm-hmm. thinking that they can't access this money until they retire, They're thinking that it's locked up. And if they were to touch the money, they would get nailed in penalties and taxes. That's not mm-hmm. the truth. There are IRS approved ways to access this retirement account money, trillions of dollars that's just floating around. There's ways to touch that money now without paying penalties and taxes. 
and use that money to do some really cool things like start a business. We've helped a mm-hmm. ton of people break free from their nine to five, from their corporate life and help them use money in the retirement account penalty and tax free to invest into their own business where they were able to quit their job and run their business full time. Maybe they wanted to use money in the retirement accounts to invest into a tangible asset like real estate. So just basically freeing up people's money where they can have a lot more control, where they're not mm-hmm. just relying on the stock market. And this concept was first introduced to me back in around 2009, 2010, I was in the real estate sales space. And I remember overhearing conversations where people were mentioning that they were using their 401k, their IRAs to invest into real estate rental property. And I thought that concept was so foreign. I mm-hmm. always believed that our retirement account was just for stocks and mutual funds. At least that's what I learned in grade school. That's what I heard my mom say. This idea of being able to use a retirement account to invest outside the stock market, I was blown away. And that was a, a time where a seed was planted in my head. I knew this was a, a space I wanted to get into. It was just a matter of time before I dove into the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I wanted to have this interview because I know a lot of people probably think I am supposed to keep my money in there until I'm older. I have to be a certain age before I can even take it out. And, you know, that may change over time. And so I didn't want to necessarily say a specific age because who knows what could happen that could change. Right. But, you know, when you're required to start taking withdrawals to like, okay, well, that's the time for sure that I have to until then I can leave it. But if I take it out early, I'm going to pay a 10% penalty, I'm going to have tax, you know, so I really wanted to talk about this today for people to understand how they can use their money um, for other, you know, wealth development without having those penalties. So so why don't you even start about the topic of how someone, you know, maybe can even start thinking through what they need to be doing to plan for that, like what they can withdraw, like percentages. Does it, is it only like a certain amount? Can they withdraw up to what they've already put in there? And then we could talk about the uses, you know, that would be penalty-free. Yeah. I'll give an example. There was a a gal out in California she was in real estate space. I believe she was a real estate agent broker. She was able to save a couple hundred thousand dollars in an IRA that she held with Fidelity or Edward Jones, one of those big Wall Street firms. And at the time, she wanted to use some of the money in her IRA to invest into a multifamily deal, an apartment complex. She goes to her financial advisor and she says, hey, I want to use $100,000 out of my account. She had like $300,000 in the IRA at the time. I want to use $100,000 out of this and invest into this apartment complex. Can you help me? Financial advisors, no, I can't. That's not an asset that you can hold inside of this account. Mm-hmm. And this this lady was very persistent. She really wanted to put her money into this deal. She really believed in the real estate project and she saw a good opportunity to have her money grow in a different way outside the stock market. So she kept asking her financial advisor, can you help me? Can you help me? How can we make this work? And the financial advisor, hey, I, I can't do anything. And really the only option that you have is to take a distribution and withdraw mm-hmm. the money. But I'm advising you not to do that because you're going to pay a boatload in penalties and taxes. And at the time, she was under 59 and a half. She lived out in California. We know that's a high uh, tax rate, right? So right. she wanted it bad enough where she actually ends up taking the $100,000 out of the account. But what happens is 
as you mentioned earlier, she had a 10% early withdrawal penalty. So using the figure of hundred thousand dollars, she take out take she, she, if she took out a hundred thousand, ten percent on a hundred thousand is ten thousand. So there's penalty that just goes right to the IRS. And she has to claim that money as income. There's another 30, maybe 40 percent mm-hmm. taxes. And she's out in California. She theoretically could be losing 30, 40 percent. I think she ended up taking more than a hundred thousand out of the account because she needed to have at least a hundred thousand after all the penalties and taxes employing this this multifamily deal. Long story short, she ends up losing close to fifty thousand dollars in penalties mm-hmm. and taxes by taking this action. And when we spoke to her, it was after the fact where mm. we explained to her, hey, you could have taken 100000 from your IRA and moved it into a self-directed plan with us. From there, you, your self-directed IRA that's worth 100000 could invest directly into that multifamily deal. And then the rental income or the sale of the property, the distributions, you know, the gains, they just flow right back into your self-directed retirement account. So there's zero taxable event on mm-hmm. moving your money from your IRA, your 401k into the self-directed plan. You're just taking money from your left pocket, putting it in your right pocket. And because it's going from one retirement account to another retirement plan, there's zero penalty in tax. And then from there, because it's a self-directed plan, it can hold alternative assets, mm-hmm. like this real estate deal that she wanted to become a part of. Once we explained all this to her, a light bulb went off, but mm-hmm. also some emotions Mm, I can imagine frustration, yeah, anger, disappointment, frustration, (laughs) anger. Why didn't my financial advisor teach me this? Why didn't he explain how I could have done all this and saved forty, fifty thousand dollars? It's a very simple answer. Wall Street doesn't make money off of that transaction. They Mm -hmm. want your money in mutual funds and stocks. That's how they make money. So why would they teach you a way to access your money penalty and tax free to invest into your own business or Mm -hmm. to invest into this multifamily? goes against their business model. So again, going back to when I first heard about this concept, Candy, you know, back in 2009, 2010, I'm thinking people need to hear about this. This mm-hmm. is a huge opportunity where we've been conditioned to think a certain way, work a nine to five job, put money in a 401k, invest in mutual funds, ride the market. And I'm not here to beat up the stock market. I think there's a time and a place for the stock market. I'm just a bigger proponent, especially if you're an entrepreneur listening to this or you want to become an entrepreneur. We want freedom, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we're starting a business. That's why we're an entrepreneur. We want time freedom. We want financial freedom. We want to have more control over our life. Why not have a little bit more freedom, a little bit more control over your money? And and that's where a self-directed plan can be a good fit for you. So, can you talk about really what a self-directed plan is? You know how it's managed, like all of that, because some people might be listening, saying, "I have never heard that term before. I want to learn more because I'm very interested in doing this." Yeah. So, so think of retirement accounts that you have, or your parents have, or your friends have, or you've heard of. Most of those are vanilla. Let's call those vanilla retirement account plans, right? Mutual funds. You can buy Apple stock bonds, <laughs> right? Like that's one side of the menu, just a, a vanilla IRA or 401k. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love vanilla ice cream. Right? A self-directed plan is a plan that allows you to have more options. So think of it as you go to a restaurant and you sit down with those vanilla retirement plans I just described, you're just getting one side of the menu. You, mm-hmm. you sit down, 
and you see the appetizers, the entrees, the desserts, and it's just the front of the menu. And mm -hmm. you go to flip over the back of the menu because it's a habit of all of ours and you don't see anything there. It's blank. It is what it is. With a self-directed plan, you get the same front menu. However, if you flip that menu over, there's other options. And those mm -hmm. other options can be investing in your own business, investing into a private company. Maybe a friend of yours is, is starting a company and they're not listed on the Wall Street exchange, right? They're not a publicly traded company. You can invest into a, a private company. You can invest into precious metals, crypto, real estate, promissory notes, private lending. So you just have way more options on where you can control your money. So self-directed has to be held. If it's a true self-directed account, this has to be held by a custodian that mm. can administer, that can hold those types of assets. And this custodian is not going to be a Wall Street custodian. They don't make money like Edward Jones and Fidelity and TD Ameritrade. It's, it's a different model. Mm -hmm. The con, because again, there's always a, a give and take. The con right. is you're the captain of your own ship, right? You are set. You are setting sail, depending on where you want to go, right? So mm -hmm. it's up to you where you want to put your money, right? Do you want it to be in your own business? Do you want it to be in precious metals? We're not financial advisors. I'm not here to sell investments on this podcast or anytime. We don't sell stock, real estate, insurance. We, we just sell solutions. And the mm -hmm. solutions can be these self-directed plans for the right person at the right time. I always tell people a self-directed plan candy is just a tool in the tool belt. It can mm -hmm. be a tool that you can use that can help you get from point A to point B. It's like an insurance policy right just like investing in real estate just like your business it's just a tool in the tool belt and this tool can be something that can be very powerful to help you accomplish your financial goals mm -hmm. are there any reporting requirements if somebody you know is doing a self-directed plan that they have to then report like to the irs or anything i mean if they're going to take a distribution right then there's always mm -hmm. going to be some kind of uh reporting to the irs for income but if you take, if you don't use, if you have an IRA or 401k with your job and you're not withdrawing money out as a distribution, you're not really having to report anything, right? Because mm -hmm. there's no income to report. So, I mean, there's there's a, a couple of different things that you might have to report. Like if your self-directed 401k has assets or combined assets of over $250,000, there's a certain form. There's a couple forms here and there that, that you may have to submit just depending on your situation. Um, however, that's where company that's like companies like ours come into play, you know, just to take people by the hand and, and walk them through the process and, and help them understand, um, you know, what's out there and, and empowered. We're not CPAs. We're not financial advisors. I'm a big proponent. I think you should always know a guy or mm -hmm. a gal, right? If you have an issue with your AC, you should have a go-to person, right? Right. A plumbing fix, go-to person. If you're someone that just likes to watch YouTube and fix it yourself, more power to you. I'm not trying to fix my my uh, you know plumbing issues. I'm not trying to do my own taxes. Uh, if I were to sell my house, I'm not going to sell my own house. I'm going to go to a professional. I'm, I'm going to go to someone that's been there and done it and has the experience. So mm -hmm. again, that's why I think it's really important on the financial side. You have that go-to person, right? You've got a financial advisor. You've got someone that can help you with an estate plan. And you've got a CPA, um, and then we could be possibly the, the team that you rely on for self-directed plans. 
Mm-hmm. So is it necessary to be purchasing an asset or investing in someone's business for this to be considered penalty free and, you know, tax free, or can someone be saying right now, I know, you know, potentially we've got, you know, a recession that's, you know, hitting technically, you know, the definition has been changed now, right? We've heard, but, you know, things are looking a little bit tight and I've got some credit card debt that I would love to just pay off, get out of a high interest and start saving the money I've been paying for a credit card for other things. Can they use it for that? Yeah. So I'll give you a a scenario that we just recently helped out somebody with. So they came into the picture with about $30,000 of credit card debt, paying about 15, 20% interest. Mm. Average interest rates about 17, 18%, you know, across the board. So this person had about 30,000, 20% interest. Meanwhile, their retirement account, and I can't remember if they had a 401k from an old job or an IRA, but their retirement account was making them about seven or 8% a year. Now, again, I know this year, if you look at your retirement account statement, you're probably down, right? Mm-hmm. But last year you made money. Right. That's what the stock market does. You make money, you lose money over time. It makes right around seven to nine percent a year historically. Right. Mm-hmm. The problem with this person is if he has his retirement account making seven, eight percent a year on one side of the coin, and on the other side of the coin, got this credit card debt that's costing him 20%, those numbers aren't serving him well. Right. He's most likely losing money faster than he's making money. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that, that could be a problem for a lot of people, especially when they've got thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt. That interest really it occurs and it occurs and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Compounds. So right. the idea is, hey, what if you could take some of the money that's making you seven or eight percent, take that out and use that money to pay off money, debt that's costing you twenty percent? Mm-hmm. Well, let me explain the scenario and, and, and how, what would this person supposed to do. So they were able to take they had about $100,000 in their retirement account. They moved it into what's called a solo 401k. And this is mm-hmm. a type of a self-directed plan candy that's for entrepreneurs. So he now has $100,000 in the solo 401k. The solo 401k has a loan feature where mm-hmm. the IRS states you can take out 50% of the account value or $50,000, whichever number is less. You can take that out penalty and tax-free and use it however you want. You can use it to pay off credit card debt. I live in Las Vegas. You can usually you theoretically can come down here and use the money to put it on black or the casinos. Obviously not a smart move, but the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to make is there's no restrictions on how mm-hmm. you use the money. So this person ended up taking 30000 out of their solo 401k, penalty and tax-free, used that money and paid off the credit card debt in one shot. Now mm-hmm. this person isn't paying interest to the banks. He's no longer making monthly payments to Discover American Express. Instead, he's paying his retirement account back. And mm-hmm. as long as he pays his retirement account back within five years, there's no penalties and taxes. And mm-hmm. the cool part is there's an interest rate on this loan. Essentially, he's his own bank. Mm-hmm. So the interest rate on the loan is prime plus 2%. So depending on when this podcast airs, depending on when you're listening to this, the interest rate is going to be anywhere from about 6 to 8%. And I'm being vague here because the government keeps raising interest rates. Prime is an interest rate that the government sets, right? Mm-hmm. But regardless, whether the, the interest rate is 6 or 8%, it's fixed once you lock in the loan and the interest goes right back to this retirement account. Mm-hmm. So this person went from losing 20% to the banks, bleeding all this money in his, his credit card debt situation, not to mention his credit score is probably taking a hit 
because mm -hmm. his utilization rates higher and with a lower credit score it just makes life that much more costly right i've had right. a low credit score before it's harder to get access to cheap money if you have a low mm -hmm. credit score you're just going to pay more in interest the banks look at you as is a more riskier person right? mm -hmm. so now his credit score went through the roof it jumped up and then now instead of paying the bank 20 percent, he's paying his retirement account back you know, at six or seven percent. So he's replenishing his retirement account. So he's not robbing from his future. And now he can just sleep a whole lot better at night that he's 100% debt free on those credit cards. So, you know, the solo 401k with that loan feature can be a tool used to pay off debt. And what makes the solo 401k unique, Candy, is it has that loan feature. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you have an IRA, this strategy that I just explained, this picture I just painted, you can't do this. There's no loan feature on an IRA. If you have a 401k from an old job, maybe you left that job and that 401k is just sitting there. It's not tied to an active employer. There's no loan feature there too. So you're not able to execute the strategy I described either. And, and that's what makes a solo 401k a, a unique tool. Mm -hmm. So what about like the other side of the coin? So now, you know, we've paid off debt um, and now maybe we're using that money to invest in something, whether it's our own business that we're going to grow or maybe it's purchasing an asset um, that is a home or a rental property or something. And then that's appreciating over time. Let's say later on, you know, we sell that we've got, you know, this increased value. What is the taxability of that? You know, we know like in a typical 401k and, you know, when things are growing and then they're sold, you're paying on capital gains. What would be the situation for these self-directed plans or these solo 401ks that you're talking about? It's the same with even the vanilla accounts. If you have mm -hmm. an asset, whether it's a stock, whether it's a promissory note, whether it's a property and it's held inside of the retirement account, it's held inside of a solo 401k or an IRA, then there's no taxable event, right? So mm -hmm. theoretically, if someone had 100,000 in a solo 401k and over a period of time, if they use that $100,000 to hold an asset inside of that account and that asset appreciated over time where it grew to 150,000 over a period of time, once that asset sells or the gains are reflected, it just goes right back into the solo 401k and there's mm -hmm. no taxable event. Mm. Okay. Is there a point in time where it does become a taxable event, whether they're drawing money out at some point and, you know, they are retiring now, they need to have money to live off of, or, you know, what happens at that point when they are actually just using the money for their own personal situation? Yeah, most people start to do that with a pre-tax, a tax deferred account once they're over the age of 59 and a half, because that 10% early withdrawal penalty is gone. Mm -hmm. And the most common taxable event is a distribution. They just mm -hmm. withdraw a certain amount of money every month, every quarter, once a year, and they use that money to pay their bills. And it's a distribution. They're just distributing mm -hmm. funds from their account. It's a taxable event. That's with a pre-tax, a tax deferred account. That's why I'm a big proponent of a Roth account. Mm -hmm. and, and let me just describe the Roth for your, your listeners. A Roth is not a type of retirement account in the sense of it's not its own retirement account. What I mean by that is you can have a Roth 401k at your job. You can mm -hmm. have a Roth IRA with Fidelity. You can have a Roth solo 401k with us. Right? You can have these different types of Roth plans. It's not a specific retirement vehicle. 
It's just the label the IRS puts on the account and how that money is treated from a tax perspective. So mm-hmm. the most common type of retirement account is a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k. Traditional just means the money is pre-tax. It grows tax deferred. So the example I'll use is $10,000. Let's just say you put $10,000 in a 401k with your job. If it's pre-tax, if it's traditional, that 10,000 is a write-off, right? So if you make $50,000 that year with your job and you put 10,000 into the plan, you're gonna have a $10,000 deduction. So instead mm-hmm. of claiming 50,000 in income, you're gonna claim 40,000 in income, have any more write-offs, right? So you get the $10,000 benefit tax side of things that year one. And mm-hmm. then the, the 10,000, it grows tax-free over a period of time. However, you're kicking the can down the road because eventually when you take a distribution, when you withdraw the money out of that 401k, you're gonna have to claim that money as income because Mm -hmm. you never paid taxes on that money. You got the tax break year one, but year 30, let's say when you take the the distribution, you're gonna pay taxes on all those gains and all that money, right? Other side of things is the Roth. Right, the Roth IRA, the Roth 401k, the Roth solo 401k. And let's just use that same $10,000. If you put $10,000 into a Roth plan, a Roth, for, a Roth solo 401k, let's just say, that 10,000 is not giving you a tax benefit year one. You're still gonna claim that 10,000 is income. You'll pay taxes on that $10,000. However, that money grows tax-free and it stays tax-free. So mm-hmm. if that 10,000 grew to $100,000, over a long period of time, that $100,000 is still 100% tax-free. Even when you take the distribution at a certain age, when you withdraw that money, there's no taxes, no taxable event because it's a Roth. Mm-hmm. So someone who's putting it in a pre-tax account is betting potentially that their tax amounts that they're going to have to pay, their rates are going to be lower in the future when they take it out at retirement per se, versus maybe someone at a Roth who's thinking, well, I'm in a lower tax bracket now. Maybe it's someone really young, maybe who doesn't have a lot of income and is in a low tax bracket and saying, well, I know I'm going to over time continue to build up my wealth and income and be in a higher tax bracket, right? So then you're kind of just figuring out what might be best for you based on what you think your tax rates will be. I really think it's just what we're conditioned, how mm. we're taught at a young age, and then also just the financial system, the financial literacy that we have as a country. Mm-hmm. So most jobs are set up, they just set up a traditional plan. They don't offer rock. Mm. It requires a little bit more work on the employer side. I think that's one thing that has to do with it. I think it's easy to justify the thinking that you just said in terms of betting against the tax rate, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hard to argue the numbers, right? If, mm-hmm. if I put $20,000 into a 401k pre-tax, traditional, I get the tax break year one, right? So I'm not paying taxes on $20,000. Say my tax bracket's 25%. 25% on $20,000 is $5,000. So I'm getting a $5,000 savings by putting $20,000 into a 401k year one. I saved $5,000 by doing that. If that $20,000 grows into $100,000 over a period of time, I'm going to have to pay taxes on all $100,000. Even if I'm at a 15% tax bracket, 15% on $100,000 is a $15,000 tax bill. That's the tax bill I'm going to have to pay. 
on mm-hmm. the flip side, if I put $20,000 into a Roth solo 401k or a Roth 401k with your job, for example, then I'm going to have to pay taxes on that money, right? Let's just say my tax bracket is 25%, even 30%. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. 25, 30% on, on $20,000. I'm looking at what, five, dollars $6,000 mm-hmm. my tax bill. So I'm going to pay that five, $6,000 tax bill year one. But if that 20000 grows to $100,000, even $80,000 over a period of time, I now have eighty dollars to $100,000 that I'm paying zero taxes on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just really hard to argue the numbers no matter what the tax bracket is. That's why mm-hmm. a, a Roth plan, it's really hard to beat tax-free money no matter what the tax brackets are. And if we want to go down the logic of tax brackets, tax rates, I think we all can agree with the government printing out so much money over the last few years. They're out. They're out of money. Not mm-hmm. they're running out of money, but they got to get paid. The government's a business. They, they, they rely on revenue and they just printed out all of this money. So how are they going to get that money back? Mm-hmm. They're going to raise Higher taxes. taxes. <laughs> exactly. So mm-hmm. if I am a betting man, and I'm not, even though I live in Vegas, tax rates are probably going to go up. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think there's a time and a place for both accounts. You know, a traditional 401k or traditional IRA might make sense for somebody where, you know, you're talking with your CPA and your CPA is like, you know, hey, Bob, you need more write-offs. Like, uh, I'm stretched. I, I, I got as many tax deductions as I possibly could for you. If mm-hmm. you don't find another write-off, another deduction, it's, it's going to be tough, tough swimming for you because you're at this tax bracket right here. But if you can have some more deductions, I can really save you some money and, and bring you down. Your, your, your tax bracket. Mm-hmm. You were able to find this this write-off. I suggest you look at maybe a, a SEP IRA or a traditional 401k or traditional IRA. And if you put X amount of money in this traditional plan, it would save you this amount of money in taxes. And then you just outweigh it. Maybe it makes sense to do that. More often than not, though, I think a Roth plan is going to be a traditional plan all day long. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think for somebody who maybe wasn't even aware of that, just hearing this discussion is really important to get them a little bit more educated. And so I know we've just scratched the surface and I know we're running short on time. So I do want to say if you have like an offer uh, that you would like to extend to our listeners where, you know, they can get a little bit more education on this maybe, or, you know, a conversation with you, what do you have to share? Yeah. Best place would be going to danielblue.me. So it's danielblue, blue like me. That's my website. On my website, you'll find my podcast. I've got a podcast called How Winners Win, where I dive into some of the things that we've talked about on the financial side and talk about different ways to win in your personal life, your financial life, your entrepreneurial life. So I've been having a lot of fun with that podcast, all the, on all the platforms, so you can see the podcast on my website. Um, then I have a book that you mentioned. It's called Blueprints to Your Best Retirement. You can pick that up on Audible or Kindle or hard copy called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. The concept behind the book is to help you learn how to make money tax-free, how mm-hmm. to access your retirement accounts, penalty and tax-free. Super short, easy, to straight to the point kind of read. In that intentionally, a lot of these financial books can be long, boring, and, and hard to implement because they just go over people's head. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our target audience is, is people that have a side hustle, people that want to become a business owner, people that have some entrepreneurial activity going on. And they're just really busy with their life. Right? They're mm-hmm. married, they have kids, they just have a lot of commitments and, and they don't have time to watch hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos and 
know, watch hours and hours of courses and figure this out on their own, that they, they could use a little handholding. Um, mm -hmm. I do have a course that, that goes more into depth on all of this. You can find the course on my website, all my social media handles. Um, I got a lot of Forbes articles that are, are you know, uh, intricate that you can you know, digest more of this information. And then if I've got your wheels turning and you're thinking, man, I've got this 401k, I've got this IRA, I'd love to learn how to access it penalty and tax free. Um, there's some steps that you can take on, on the website to uh, speak with the team and, and see if we are good for you. Perfect. Well, I know this has been an interesting topic, so much more to learn, I'm sure, but I really appreciate that you came on and wanted to, you know, discuss this and help entrepreneurs really understand what, what options they have available to them too. Um, so thank you so much, Daniel. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Candy. And I do want to also thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that answered some of your questions about how to access an IRA 401k retirement account penalty and tax-free. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Daniel at any of the links that he shared or send us a message at media at abnp.com. I hope you can join us for next week's episode, Three Lessons from the Ashes of My Business Failure. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abnp.com. You could also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share our show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.